Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the land of sky blue waters, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Dromi here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, man? It's interesting. It's interesting. A lot of emotions this weekend. It's very, uh, I mean, you got go for North Dakota. You got the wild doing whatever it is that they're doing. You've got people just screaming at each other between go for football and Iowa football. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here kind of like waiting. Because it will be very funny when Nebraska ends up winning the Big Ten West. <laughs> Not because Nebraska is good, just because they're less bad than a lot of teams. No Vikings, though, today, so that's good. It's definitely good for the blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. You missed UFC Abu Dhabi, too. That got me going. I don't think I've ever cracked on the stream, Hoppy. I don't think I've ever rage quit. Broke a couple pens, ripped Burray's head off my bobblehead. It's been uh, it's been a hell of a weekend. <laughs> you took your anger out on a bobblehead? Yeah. It wasn't my proudest moment. But I left the stream up. The, the everyone was saying, Ishii, better leave this up. I said, I will. I will. Hmm. I, I ain't one of those to delete the evidence. <laughs> okay. No, overall, like a lot of sports this weekend. But yeah, as you know, as a fan of the wild, as a fan of the gophers, you know, you know, hit and miss. Good Friday, not so good. Saturday, don't get me wrong, they could have played a lot better, but if that's the worst game you play, you'll be okay. I really just, I'm dying now for both of them at the height of their power to meet in the Frozen Four. Yeah. Like, that would be, the roof of the X would need to be replaced. Dude, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Okay, well, other other than uh, other than sports this weekend, what else did you get up to, Hoppy? Did you dive into the world of beer at all? Not really, not particularly. Yeah. Not this weekend. It this was weekend, uh, be responsible. <laughs> it was uh, it, it was it was sad to see. I know we talked about this in the last couple episodes, but it was sad to see all the posts from all our brewery friends saying you know goodbye to the tap room there at Dangerous Man. I saw Back Channel made a post about it. Our friend Loose Line made a post about it, and uh, it almost had me tearing up, man. They were like, they, they just wrote like they wrote such a heartfelt message about like, something like inspired go. us, and I was like, oh my goodness, would defend yourself. Um, I just saved up money to go back home, and couldn't make it. Yeah, dude, because. Dangerous man would have cost you like way more than 10 to 15 bucks. Mm. Totally. It, it wasn't, it wasn't that I had to you know, spend there happy to do so. It was just, I had to take time off work to, which was a very, very busy week. So, so there you go. Mm. So no excuse. I wish I could have gone out there this last week. I had, I had every intention to do so, but real life, you know, life got in the way there. But uh, like I said, big shout out to them. Like you said, they're, they were one of the breweries that got you into craft beer. Uh, they're one of the breweries that got me out to Minnesota after you sent me that first care package, and it was cool if, to see if you. you moved to Minnesota for beer, you, Minnesota beer is great, but wow. 
<laughs> the weather's great too. The weather's great too. It's supposed to snow this week. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> oh man. I actually moved to New York just for the pizza. <laughs> the hot dogs, actually. Oh. And or pretzels. I, I mean, actually, I, I would 100 percent move to New York for food, actually. <laughs> Mind you, I might have to save up a little bit more money for that. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's get into some hockey talk here, man. Uh let, let's start off with just some no global hockey and some NHL focused stuff. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up as I was going through, you know, a ton of NHL articles today, as I do every Sunday, drinking my coffee in the morning, catching up on the world of sports and, and hockey here, not just within the NHL, but globally, dude, Matt, they Mitchkov. I don't know if you've heard, and I know he's not playing in a North American team. He's not playing in college. He's over in Russia. So a lot of our focus in Minnesota anyways, is college hockey, you know, some some junior and obviously like the wild but for those who haven't been keeping tabs on this you know future top prospect coming into the natural national hockey league he's recorded 14 points in his first 14 games and has been voted the khl uh to the khl all-star game already he's currently the highest single season points per game output by any u20 khl skater um since 2008 and 2009. So the like this kid is the best player on his team and he's under 20 years old. Unbelievable. You got to be thinking that some NHL teams might be kicking themselves a little bit now even though the timeline is still quite a few years down the road. Hmm. What do you think? Philly's just laughing right now cuz they're like we're going to get a nice pick again this year. This kid's coming in a couple years like ah oh, this is good. This is good. I mean, it was definitely weird that you like labeled him as like a future top prospect. Like he, he is a top prospect. So, yeah. A top prospect. a future, I guess, um, prospect in the national hockey future league. Calder contender Calder contender there. That that's a better way to put it. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens too, because like he said he was going to leave after one more year, even though he's under a three-year contract, which, Hey, him being moved away from ska certainly, uh, oh, yeah. makes that more possible, but I still find it hard to believe that he's just going to break a KHL deal and that the NHL is going to be cool with that, just given the arrangement that they have in place today. So I lean towards calling bullshit. And to be honest, for Philly, great. <laughs> Three more years of being average, getting good picks. And then he comes in and pulls the Kaprizov rookie year. And, oh, or Panarin, you know copy and paste, whichever Russian yep. you prefer. Um, but I mean, the kid's sick. We knew that coming in. Like <laughs> Z flat out said that if he was a Canadian kid, he would have been the one B to Bedard and might've even challenged. Like he's that good. Wow. So I have no doubts of that. I just don't watch a ton of Russian hockey. So I definitely lean on Z whenever we're talking about the KHL guys. He's the, uh, He's the Ovi to Crosby, dude. <laughs> What's crazy is like when Ovi might exit the league when this kid comes in. I mean, how crazy is that? I don't know. Based on what I've been seeing so far, he's going to be exiting the league in a couple weeks. Oh, don't say that. 38 years old, Alex Ovechkin. It's so crazy because like when he was like 35, 36, 37, it didn't like dawn on me like he's getting old. I'm like, oh, it's still Ovi. He's doing his thing, whatever. Crosby's you know, getting up there in age too. But with the start of the season that he's had, that that number just it, it stands out bold italic more than it ever has, I feel like, man. First two games for Ovechkin this year, 
didn't record a single shot on net, and that was a career low for him. Finally, has has a few. I think he got four shots in his last game and two assists, so he's finally on the board with some points. Still no goals, dude. Yeah, um, obviously way too early to overreact on a lot of things, which, I mean, Wild fans need to hear this. Edmonton we're about to. need to hear this. but Yeah, we're about to in the next segment. <laughs> when you talk about the Capitals, like based on the small sample size, I was very wrong. I thought they'd be like in the bubble area, like on the fringe of like just miss or just make it in for the playoffs. They all look slow. Like oh, this yeah. every one like of them old team. And the fact that they all look slow and Ovi looks slower than everyone else is a real fucking concern. Like last year, we thought it was an absolute lock that this guy's absolutely going to break Gretzky's record. I am not so sure. And again, this is early, very early. It's an October reaction, right? But it is, I, I'm second guessing it now. Whereas coming into the season, I wouldn't have like had a second's hesitation. So I don't know. It's uh, I hate the capitals like cause the rivalry and whatnot, but like there's still something to be said for greatness. And like, mm-hmm. I, I take it back. Capitals fans probably aren't as logical about it, but like I want to see Ovi and Crosby doing it as long as they can. Yeah. And uh, it's it's sad to see him fall off the hill this fast. I hope this is just a blip at the start of the season, whatever, but he, he I, really I hope he, looks slow. I hope he used training camp. I mean, I, I this uh, this sucks if you're a Caps fan, but I hope, as an Ovi fan, I hope he used training camp to get in shape, and it's just going to take him, you know, a, a couple extra weeks to get into the rhythm. <laughs> I mean, that that's, that, that's all I can hope for, right? Is that he just, like, oh, he... Until until the until the day that he had to report to camp, he was just Corona, Dr. Pepper, kebabs. Mm-mm. See, the problem is they switched out his Dr. Pepper for diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, no. And it's fucking everything up. He needs that sugar rush. That's what gives him that jolt, that buzz to get up and down the ice. And he doesn't uh, need smelling salts. He needs the How he needs does the he Dr. not Pepper. have a Dr. Pepper sponsorship, by the way? Like, how is that not a thing? Yeah. Maybe it's sanctioned in Russia. Everything's fucking sanctioned in Russia. Maybe he's allowed to have a... I don't know. I was trying to think of some other like fake Russian name for a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you know, in Russia, they have like different names. Like McDonald's isn't McDonald's, but it's McDonald's, right? It's just a different name and it's a different... It's like a different type of art. Wait, so are you, are you saying, Isha, that in different countries, people say the same thing as us but with different words no 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 like it's a completely like language no no no. like when the sanctions happened in russia they kept all like the mcdonald's buildings and like kind of the logos and colors but just literally switched up a different franchise but are trying to copy it still so instead of a mech double it's like it's it's something completely different but it's still they're presenting it you know but it's not mcdonald's owned at all i'm (laughs) not explaining this well am i no it's for sure (laughs) of donald's (laughs) I'll have an off double. I'll have some off nuggets. <laughs> I it's, I'm laughing so hard, guys, because I literally just covered a whole fucking UFC card that was in Abu Dhabi and all the offs and EVs and everything. Like it was, just, it was too much for a weekend. Okay, I'm done with the fucking Russian caucus offs. <laughs> oh man, no, if that's but, actually you, it. I I'm done. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it might be because I watched a whole YouTube video on it recently. But anyways, um, one bright spot, I guess, 
for the Capitals is they do have a new, younger, speedy, and the lightest player in the modern era to ever play in the National Hockey League. Uh, former Victoria Royals and Calgary Flame, uh, Matthew Phillips. Um, before Z joined our YouTube channel too, he, that was the the highest viewed video on our channel was us talking about Matthew Phillips over a year ago. But uh, he fucking weighs a hundred and forty pounds. How has he not died? He's that fast. He's a speedy little fucker. Someone's gonna catch him eventually. Oh, eventually. <laughs> but but for right now, he's got one goal, two assists in four games, and he is all that the Capitals media is talking about. And you know what? Props to him, dude. An undersized guy who was a he was a superstar in the dub, but because of his size, I think he drafted super, super late. Where was it here? Yeah, drafted in the sixth round, 166th overall in 2016. Absolutely dominated in the AHL. He ripped Stockton apart. And the Flames never give him a chance. And so the Washington Capitals, they take a chance on him. And right out of camp, he's uh, he's doing well on the team. I think Sutter, in particular, didn't give him a chance. Well, yeah, you looked at him. He was like, no, but, you're too small. Well, but it, it is different, though, man. Like, Marty St. Louis, small. He weighed 180 pounds, not 140. Like, he is going to get hurt. Like, I am I'm not sitting here talking shit or chirping him. Like, good for him that he's, like, made it this far. I hope that he does not die. He he only is he's only been hurt once in the jungle. So like in the AHL. And and that's arguably a harder hitting league. So I I'm I'm just saying, like from, from what I've seen right now, I, I'm not disputing you that like it someone's gonna catch him. Especially, I mean, if they make the playoffs too, or you know what I mean? Like if when the game gets a little bit more rougher, there's instances or series even within the season, rivalry games, whatever. Um, it, it's going to be tough. But like from what I've seen, I, I'm, and again, this is a little bit of bias. Obviously, I, I watched him play in Victoria. I, I saw him put up hundred point seasons in the dub. But dude, last season with the Calgary Wranglers, sixty six games, seventy six points. The year before, sixty eight points in sixty five games, thirty six goals, thirty one goals. Like he's a stud, man. So I'm interested to see if he can continue this pace and can uh, adapt to the National Hockey League game. And, and maybe, you know, maybe shoot, maybe he calls up Marty in the offseason and goes, yo, give me your fucking squat uh, regiment here. I got to I got to put on at least 20 pounds on these bad boys. He's going to need like 20 years to even scratch <laughs> a surface on that. I don't know. Former flame. I mean, this he's basically Marty St. Louis 2.0, dude. Flames gave up on him, goes to a new team, starts lighting it up. I'm, it, the, the writing is on the wall, dude. Marty's right quad is bigger than this kid. <laughs> I'm not going to dispute that. <laughs> Man, all right. Anyways, keep 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 your eyes on him. He's uh he's not hard to miss and he's fun he's fun to watch. Well, no, it sounds like he is hard to miss. <laughs> well, he, st- he stands out as <laughs> the smallest cat there, the smallest and fastest one. Clearly. Sure, just like Gerby stands out standing next to Chara. Gotcha. <laughs> <sighs> I was trying to find a segue to talk about Phil Kessel, but uh, let's just jump into it here. Your boy, Phil Kessel, still without a contract, Hoppy. Um, I was reading an article um, talking about him earlier today via TSN, and Chris Johnston uh, was quoted saying that Phil Kessel is actually very anxious to return to the National Hockey League. He's been skating on his own. He didn't want to go to any training camps on a tryout. Just, just a caveat there, he did skate with the Vegas Golden Knights before training camp. Uh, but it sounds like... 
Uh, he's had a couple of close calls with contracts here in the last week or two, and there's an expectation that he will join a team. Uh, Johnson also said that I think it's interesting as well. He is the National Hockey League's Ironman with a little more than 1,060 consecutive games played. Uh, that streak will technically continue if he signs somewhere and starts playing games. Which I but think Johnson, is more shit. But Johnson said, I don't think uh, that is important to Kessel. He's not, you know, setting that as on contingent on where he signs. Uh, John says, I think he just wants to be a member of a team and wants a chance to continue living his dream. Uh, two things, Hoppy. A, what do you make of this situation? And B, where do you think he'll sign? Well, first, I love Phil Kessel. And he is the rightful Iron Man. But if his streak continues after not signing with anyone and playing, when a guy like Cogliano loses it for a bullshit suspension he got, I don't think that's okay. Oh, good think, point there. I, I totally I forgot that, about Cogliano's sus the suspension ruined that. I really think that if he comes in and plays, like the number should be what it is right now. Yeah. I don't think that that should carry any further, but he has come out and said as much like he doesn't care. Like he's not going to come in with demands that the streak continue. Like he's going to be flexible. He knows where he's at in his career. He's okay with it. Yeah. So oh, good point there. Good point. I totally forgot about that. And I remember when that happened, I don't know if we talked about it or for like Dylan and I talked about, it, but I mean, we were fucking pissed and we we're going off about yeah. that. Cause Cogliano's a beauty and like, Oh yeah, that, that was so frustrating. So there's four things to consider if we're going to look at like where he could land first. And this is the obvious one injuries, right? Like is there a team that's getting decimated by injuries Two, is there a team that needs help on the power play? Cause while again, he is not what he was six years ago, the dude still sees the ice different. It's it's, I don't know. It, it's really more to have someone there that can facilitate more than be someone that drives play. Yeah. Three, who has a locker room that needs to be loosened up? And four, who's got the best hot dog vendors? Um, when He's going to New York? Well, so New York's an interesting one because uh, college teammate Blake Wheeler is there. I do think that's a team that, like, I'm not going to pretend I know shit about their room, but they just seem like more of an uptight bunch. Mm -hmm. Like, I could see that being a benefit. I don't know that he cracks their power play or makes a big difference there, but yeah. it's it's an interesting one from a character perspective to bring someone in just to change the dynamic of your locker room. So I can't speak to them, but obviously the hot dog element, yeah, like Phil Kessel would just, I can't even imagine what social media would do with that. You got to imagine that he's just going to like, he's going to pick a vendor down there, like near, near uh, MSG. And he's gonna be like, that's my guy. And like that guy, he's going to make that guy very rich. <laughs> well, thing is he won't pick one and someone will just come out and say, Oh yeah, he picked me and like run with it. And oh, just even better. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Even better. Um, the one I think is a little bit more interesting actually is the team that Blake Wheeler left in the Winnipeg Jets. Ooh, I like that. It's a team that just, again, not a bad team right now, but it's also a team that has trouble getting people to come to Winnipeg, much less stay in Winnipeg. And he could definitely help like play, you know, depth, fourth line. Maybe you get lucky and he can service third line role for a little bit, but Throwing him in on the power play gives a different look. And that locker room, I feel like, is always in need of a little help. So that's something that could certainly work out. And again, he's not being picky. So that probably works. And it's 
pretty close to his residence in Wisconsin. So all good there. Yeah. No, that's not far at all. Um, Montreal Canadiens are interesting to me. Just a team that like is clearly not good yet. They have a lot of interesting young pieces. It's Doc a guy that he, he's, I don't know how to put this better because he's not a role model in any sense. He's a role player, <laughs> but he's a guy that can at least like make these kids comfortable and can almost back some of the shit that Marty's trying to coach them on. Cause Phil's definitely more of the Marty mind where it's like, yeah. give me a framework. Don't give me like an actual firm, rigid structure of how we run offense. Like give me guidelines, give me, you know, guardrails, so to speak, and let me do what I want within them. And I think that's really what that team's trying to do. And there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of potential in future years. This year, them bringing in a guy like him, it's not going to help or hurt their playoff chances because I just don't see them having playoff chances. But they're so, so young that you're right. That could just that veteran presence, someone who's won cups, who's been there before, who's played yep. against Marty, probably partied with him once or twice before. Like, Then <laughs> I'd say copy paste basically everything I just said for the Anaheim Ducks, who mm. have the same young core with talent. Yep. Brutal power play right now. Again, it's early overreaction but brutal power play so far hey what's the harm i would say the new york islanders but there is no chance in hell that he or lou lamarillo want to be in each other's lives well that Um, too the one that could be interesting just depending on how the team like shapes and forms over the year i just weirdly see him in florida (laughs) just having a time seeing if he can catch lightning again in a bottle and go on a little bit of a run here with the boys I don't know. Those are the ones that like off the top stand out to me as being really interesting. Nashville, actually, I could see too. But outside of that, he'll go wherever he's welcome as long as they're going to give him an NHL deal. But those are all the ones that seem the most interesting. I mean, if he's going back to Canada, I honestly think Montreal is probably probably the spot but but then montreal, but then but, but he's already spent time in like one of the biggest markets in toronto does he want to go back to montreal but at this stage in his career does it, you know i don't know well now that that one, canada though like vancouver and edmonton are both really interesting to me uh yeah vancouver he's literally butt buddies with the coach and the gm likes him like that that right there just does it um and edmonton there's a pretty tense fucking locker room right now. Yeah. Their buttholes are puckered tight. Which makes me smile. And who's going to loosen them? Phil Kessel. <laughs> Do you hear Kane, uh, Vander Kane's quote the other night? He's like, yeah, well, I was only getting like a few minutes in the first in the first period. So I thought, screw it. I'll just, I'll just have a fight because I'm going to be sitting on, on the bench anyway. <laughs> I might as well sit in the box. <sighs> oh, actually, I thought that was a fire quote. <laughs> but still. Uh, it seems uh, aggressive given that he's played like shit. <laughs> Hey, he can still be, throw, he can still throw he hands being disrespected and not playing like playing better than the ice time would dictate, but yeah. he has not, he's been pretty bad. It's just, it seems like for, for all the teams, for all the teams that we thought were going to come out of the gate swinging, it's been a little slow for them. And then there's teams like the Canucks who it's like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> actually been I, playing pretty good. I thought they'd be good. Yeah. I did not. You just hate. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Mikhaev. He was back the other night. Didn't help them, but he was back the other night. 
cool story for whatever that's worth. Maybe, maybe, maybe he, maybe that eliminates the possibility of Kessel going there since they got a winger back, but no solid options there. I, I like, I like Montreal the most. I think Montreal or Anaheim and Those Anaheim, I think would be he, cause they're both, like you said, young, you know, young, young teams there, but Anaheim, I feel like they would do some awesome, like just, promotions with him you know what i mean they, they would they would they would milk having phil kessel with them more than the montreal canadians who are a little bit more you know <laughs> as far as awesome promotions though i've gotta say like we don't have to go into it much but what an epic move by the columbus blue jackets to do a like <laughs> a welcome back tribute for jonathan quick that is so awesome i, I love, love it. every ounce of it kudos to whoever it was on their team that came up with that because i love it i, mean, I saw like tweets and images of the, like them like uh retiring his like jersey as like the best goaltender to ever come through the franchise or something like that which is kind of a i guess a slap in the face to bob Broski a little bit too but, but he didn't he didn't win them shit yeah anyways last thing i want to talk about before we get into a uh, wild talk here um and I'm bringing this up because they haven't looked that great either out of the gate. And they're my they're my dark horse Stanley Cup team, the Buffalo Sabres. Love you, Joey. Uh, they have another young player join or about to join the roster, anyways. And it's a player that I actually followed out west before moving to Minnesota here quite a bit. Uh, Matt Savoy, 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 on a conditioning stint in the AHL uh, before they're actually going to bring him up to the big club. Now he hurt himself his shoulder. Upper body injury, uh, one of the articles that I read, it really hinted at it was a shoulder injury. Um, he, in, he injured that in the prospects game, you know, all those prospects games that were going off, going on. So he didn't necessarily have like a full camp after that, which is why they want him to get some reps in the AHL. Uh, look, damn good player. Damn good player. He uh, played in the dub, the AJHL, USHL before he went back to the Winnipeg ice and absolutely tore it up. 90 points, 95 points in the second season with them. Um, and one of the only players ever in, uh, the WHL history to be even considered for exceptional status. Now, exceptional status for those who don't know for the mate for major junior is players who are 15 years old, um, to be able to play in the league. Now, even as a 16 year old in major junior, you only can play a certain amount of games. I believe they upped it to like 20 something. Now it's, it's like a percentage of the season. And then when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, you can play full seasons. 15 year olds can apply for exemption um, to play in those leagues. It's never happened in the WHL before. He was the only one who's even considered uh, at the time by the WHL to give him that status. And they ultimately didn't, they ultimately said, no, we're not going to, but they made a deal with uh, the Winnipeg Ice and said he can play 40 games or around 40 games, like half the season. Well, unfortunately for him, that was the year of the global pandemic and he only got to play 22 games anyways. The amount of games he would have played it under the normal rules. Um, what I like about this though is the WHL, like no funny business. They're not going to roll the dice on any of this. They're very stern in their rules here. And if you look at, you know, the history of the OHL and the Q granting this as well, only a handful of these guys have really shown to be exceptional now you look at joe valino in the qmjhl 2015 he's a he's on the detroit red wings but you know nothing special there uh shane wright pretty damn good but i mean he didn't come into the national hockey league first year exceptional right 
But uh, Connor McDavid. Well, on, what what does the NHL have to do with being exceptional in junior? It, it's one of the well, it's it's to get guys a start knowing that they're going to be absolute studs moving forward. That they're they're too good for that 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 time. But I don't think it has anything to do with NHL prowess. I think it has to do with oh shit, this kid is wasting his time playing at his rightful level, and he can come in and actually like be a guy already. Nope. Fair like, enough. Good point. evaluation. I don't think they're like, hmm, can you play in the NHL and be a stud? Fair enough. Good point. But uh, anyways, 2005 in the OHL, John Tavares. Uh, 2011 in the OHL, Aaron Ekblad. 2012, Connor McDavid. 2013, Sean Day. Don't know where he ended up. Tampa, I think. Sean Day. Uh, 2015, Joe Valino in the QMJHL. And then 2019, Shane Wright. And those are the you know, the recent ones anyways. So the Dutch. Shane Wright play? Uh, Seattle. So. So there was someone in the dub. He didn't play in... He played OHL. He was granted exceptional status in the OHL. But you just said he played in the WHL. Shane Wright? Did I just say that? Oh, my mistake, my mistake. You said Seattle. No, no, Seattle Kraken. That's where he plays. You just asked me where he plays. I asked where he played. Oh, oh. I, I know uh, he plays uh, in the uh, fucking K- Seattle Kraken. Kitchener, I think. Kitchener, I think. Okay, that that's an OHL team. That makes yeah, more yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Seattle, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you asked me what team, okay? <laughs> uh, but anyways, long the short of it, excited to see this kid play. Um, it's 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 interesting because I I still follow the dub like quite a bit, and I'm always reading through. And I'm like, okay, is there is there another one coming up that they're even considering? Because uh, it's always fun to you know keep tabs on 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 those guys. But uh, anyways, excited to see him uh, up in the national hockey league and, uh, he'll be the, he'll be the savior. He'll be able to get this, uh, train back on track there for the Buffalo Sabres. The Savoyer. Oh, that's a Isha. That was really him. Yeah. That was, that made me smile. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Enough national hockey league, international hockey league. Let's get to the Minnesota wild here. Hoppy tough weekend. Where do you want to start? It's been a tough stretch. That's for sure. Um, I mean, Let's just be assholes and do this like everyone's doing on Twitter. <laughs> Let's do it. Why do the Minnesota Wild suck? And there's a lot of routes that can be taken on this. But from your perspective, like, I mean, we can list off some of the ones yeah. that are getting tossed around, at least as a, a starter here. Like some people question, are we too old? Did we just sign a bunch of old people and not play the young players? Is it injuries? Is it lack of compete? Is it just the typical slump at the beginning of the year like we saw last year? Is it a leadership concern? Like, where do you land? So I'm going to start and say the Ryan Reeves is the biggest issue, the leadership. That was huge. No, it's not the biggest issue. I do think it plays a factor, though. I do think it plays a factor. Without Spurgeon in the room right now, without a raw, raw guy like him, Ryan Reeves, who's no longer with the team, who... I mean, Russo and other you know journalists and, and other and media covering this team said that he did make a big difference last year. Why are you laughing at me? In helping this team come together. So I, I do think that's a little bit of a tidbit. Is the, the, there, there's something wrong with the locker room right now. There's, there's that, that extra like drive to win, whether you want to throw it into leadership, whether you want to categorize it as compete. I, I think not having, you know, they're, leader in Spurgeon and their biggest raw raw guy last year gone is 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 affecting them right off the right off the hop. I mean that that's all fair. 
I mean, is that is that as far as it goes? You think just get get him back and it's all good? <laughs> no, but I mean, just touching on like the, the 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 first thing you brought up there, which is leadership, and I guess to you know that adds a little bit into the their competitiveness. He definitely helped last year, and I mean, obviously Spurgeon not being there out of the hop is clearly on the ice on the defensive side of things. It's it's hampering this team and maybe in the room too. I'm sorry. I lost my composure there a little bit because you basically pulled the, the ginger kids episode of South park where he's like, yes, yes. There are many great gingers like Ron Howard. So, and And you're just like, yeah, a bunch, a bunch of writers like Michael Russo and, and, and others and Joe Smith and Jesse Pierce and all of our friends. (laughs) You couldn't come up with another name and it was about to give you a concussion. And I was just like, losing it a little bit um no i mean i'm telling everybody now (laughs) is there some credence to what you're saying sure like i'll definitely entertain it but for me it's it's less about that it's more because you can't look at either of these as being the only issue but i I think you kind of pair the injuries and people like that's that's a real concern, right? Yeah. You're missing your captain and one of your top defensemen. You're missing Matt Boldy, who is your second best offensive threat. And there isn't much we're able to do to supplement with all the depth we've built because we have no cap space, which is insane. Finally, and again, no one cheers for injuries. I, I think some of the sickos that listen might, but no one is like happy that Galagoski is injured. But being that he got injured, it is quite the great silver lining that we finally were able to call people up. Sammy Walker most recently. And then actually just now looking forward to Tuesday, we have Vinny Latiri coming up nice. and making his first appearance with the Minnesota wild. I'm sure Lou Nanny won't have anything to say about that, <laughs> that old lunatic. Um, but it's that. And I'm not seeing it, man. I'm not seeing the drive. I'm not seeing the determination from a good chunk of the team. Like they're really, I don't know if it's that it's just a slow start to the year. If it's maybe that's a a thing, but last year it felt like it was more like defense and goaltending. The offense was at least buzzing and feeling okay. Like they were at least showing you things that made you feel good. Now our best line right now has been the second line without Boldy and with Maroon stapled in like, that tells you about the state of our team. Although I do think that people aren't giving uh, by people. I mean, fans, because I do think a lot of the writers, uh, Michael Russo and others uh, have highlighted that the third line's actually been really good. And Marcus Foligno has been leading that charge. So people need to chill out about all that. But the first line has not impressed. They have no. been a dumpster fire. Changes need to be made. Dean Evison won't do that because history and the fourth line, honestly, everyone looks and sees like, Oh, we're getting shorthanded goals from, you know, do Hame and doer. The fourth line hasn't been great either. All in all. They stand out because like it is an energy line and they're loud with their yeah. plays. So I'll give them that. At least they're bringing the compete, I think. Whether it's working or not, I feel like the fourth line is competing every night. Whereas you said at the first line, yeah, Zuccarello and Caprizo, they're going to work some magic every game. <laughs> and I was before we started recording, we were, we were making fun of Babcock, giving some Babcock impressions here. But 
I got to see more of a 60 minutes from these guys. And, and, and I hate to throw like you know, the generic cognitors, but that first line needs to put in a fucking 60 minute effort because it's so up and down and well, not even like they take one, one of them either. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's and, all it's, free. and it's not like it's, they take one period period off. It's like with, you can, you can see the waves. It's like, Oh, that's a great shift. And then it's like, where'd they go for, Oh, and there they are. Oh, where'd they go? And that's, what's frustrating. Like if you have one good period and then one period off and one period again, like, okay, you can still say as a whole, they played well, but it's like inconsistent shift by shift. And that's what's so frustrating. So let, let's stick on track here then with the forwards because. Brock favors the best defense defenseman. And that's pretty much all we can really say well, on that. No, but that like the defense we expect, right? Because you're missing Spurgeon. There's depth filling the voids and there's been a lot of shuffling. Like it's not great what we're seeing, but it's being held together. Yeah. It. The forward group again, this is it. Boldy Boldy is the missing piece and his line is still like looking good without him. So yeah. like what is the rest of the team doing? And it's, I don't know, man, it lazy plays too, man. Lazy plays too. Um, dare I say just like unawareness at times, like, just a step behind, maybe just a little bit slower, honestly, because there's, there's times where like they'll be setting up the play, right? The other teams, you know, skating down the ice with their counter or getting their, their players in position. And the wild are just a, a step behind a couple seconds behind. And it's, it's the good teams that are reading that, you know, like, yeah, you're gonna stomp on the Canadians. And so much so that flurry was trolling them with some of these moves that he was throwing. He's like, this game is so easy. I can do the butterfly. Like, you know, he, he, he was, he was clowning them until the third oh, period. You mean the windmill. Yeah. The windmill. Sorry. He was clowning them till the third period. That's how like easy the wild stomped them. And as expected, they're a shit young team right now where, and even the, the Panthers didn't look good too. whether you know, they, their offense looked good. And I know uh, the goaltending bailed them out, but the, the offense still looked good in that, that game as well. It's these deeper, teams more structured teams that ha that clearly have more offensive talent than the wild that are absolutely exposing this team right now yep and uh and it's frustrating because like you pointed out this is it like yeah boldy's not here but again that line we're not talking about that line that line's not the issue this is it moving forward and not just moving forward this year this is it moving forward for a few years man and and that's what's that's what's scary now yeah, and, and I don't want to like poo-poo Hartman and, and Felino and like them individually. And obviously these contracts suck and it's annoying that like we're stuck here. I I hope that this is just like you know, first 10 games, you're 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 getting your skates under you, you're learning systems, staying above, just treading water until a Spurgeon comes back. I really hope that's what it is, because if this continues, this is gonna be a long, long year. So let, let's isolate this to forward still. Everyone wants Dean Evison to make changes. We are at the front of the line for people that criticize him for not making changes. Coach Isha, first change that you make in the forward group. <laughs> and that's Coach Isha, not GM Isha. So you yeah, are not yeah, trading yeah. anyone yet. Oh, man. In fact, anyone that's asking for a trade for, is it four or five games in? Just shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's it's so hard with how this team is structured or, or, or just with, with the roster to like 
and my issues is my issue is this because I'm I'm looking at the lines. I'm trying to think like, will one single player be moved to this line really make a fucking difference? And, and that's what I'm struggling with. Like, do we move? Do we do we put Eck with Felino and or sorry Eck with uh, Kaprizov and and Zuccarello? Does does that help? Does that help them? But but does it take away from the line that he's on? Like. This is really tough for me, man. I, I I don't know what the answer is here other than like just a full shakeup like that. Like, let's just mix and match throughout gotta, a game and see what happens. Give me something. You got to say what you like. You can't criticize Dean for not making changes and then not have a single suggestion for making a change. I'll, I mean, I would try. I would try Eck with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. I would try. I would I would move Duhame up or Dewar to 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 the second to the second or third line try try either or either or same game i don't care those are the two those are the two big ones for me it's put eck with the best players because he's been damn good now maybe he has to switch up his playing style a little bit playing with those two but he's the best center on this team right now put him with the best two wingers and you know what like you said doer and Duhame, yeah maybe on the ice they're not making all the great decisions but at least they're fucking working so yeah. Whether you want to say reward them for that or not, like put them up there, put them up there or one to start do him or do I don't care. And just see if, if that energy gets something going in, in one of those, uh, one of those lines up there. But honestly, like I know we're critical of them and we're like, do something, do something. It's tough. It's tough. Cause, and it's not tough. Like I wouldn't say like, it's, it's not tough to make the decision. It's tough. Cause like, well, looking at it right now, it's like, will that even make, a fucking difference or will it cause more issues? Uh, my opinion, you don't touch the third line because that seems to be working and you want to keep Rossi on a steady trajectory as he ramps up to the NHL. I think come Christmas, very interested in the idea of giving him some looks in the top six. And yeah. Hey, if more injuries occur or if things don't change, like, Yes, I'm not saying don't put them up there, but for now, I'm more inclined to just keep them together because it's working. Yeah, and that's why I didn't I, mention him at all. I don't want to see him on the top line yet. I, I think he's excelling right now. Excelling. He's, he's doing the... He, I'll say he's excelling right now compared... Good. Yeah, compared to his sample size of the wild before, right? So don't don't break You know what ain't broken. <laughs> just Don't fix what ain't broken. Jesus. Don't I caught myself out. I caught myself. That, that's a great Isha-ism. Don't break no, what ain't broken. Note, don't you? <laughs> But don't break when uh, broke it too, guys. Let's let's word from the so my my move is similar to yours, but I'm actually just going to take the vacated boldy spot and I'm gonna put Caprizov there. Oh we need a little PP whack, separate the lovers, and I would throw Hartman and Zuccarello either with Maroon, get a big boy out there to just like open up space and let yeah. them do some stuff and also like Put them in a spot where they can't just be looking for Kaprizov. Or if it's Latiri, sure, I'd be okay giving him a spot look there. Or I'm probably out on my own on this. Well, that's not fair. There's a lot of people that probably want this, but that's more just yelling and asking for it because we're tired of prospects not getting a look. I want to see Beckman get yeah. five to eight games. I just want to see, is this someone that is part of this future in any sense? If no, trade the kid, set him free. He can play somewhere. And 
we can recoup assets for it because he is like still a guy that I think has a chance to play in the NHL. So I like give that. him a chance, let him play with skilled players. Kid can shoot. We've seen him do a lot of good things and he brings the vibes too. like, just go back to his preseason goal. Like he was selling harder than anyone else on the team has done to date. So, well, and I know Boldy's not on like he's injured, right? but didn't Boldy say something last year too, about like how he was a, a bright spot as a call up for the, for the locker room too. Yeah. And it's, it's, I want to see him get a chance, but my Me key too. here is Kaprizov isn't playing bad necessarily. He's been double teamed a lot too. He's had, like, he's had ups and downs. Like he's definitely had better moments and worse moments, but he's being way harder on himself than he needs to be. But let's get him in a position. Like we've seen the stability of Eck and Johansson. Stick him with them. Let him get out there and buzz and get some confidence. Let them clear the way for him to do his thing. Cause like, if it works for Eck to go in and be the enforcer, go low, get to the net front, Johansson to open up ice with his speed and boldly be the guy that's out there to make shit happen. Why can't we copy and paste yeah. that with Kaprizov? Like, I think that's the move and let Zuccarello take a couple of games without playing with Kaprizov. Maybe that lights a little bit of a fire under him to be like, Oh shit, I have to wake up. So I have to do more rather than find him. Yeah. Which, like, don't get me wrong, when they find each other, and I said this in the, op the opening part of the segment, like, it's magic. It's just inconsistent. And and you were right. I will I will give, like, credit to, to Kaprizov. I will give credit to you uh, in highlighting that Kaprizov has been too hard on himself because there are games where, like, you can tell the the team that they're playing has planned for him, and there are, there are two guys taking away space from him. Yeah, but uh, hang on, though. Everyone wants to talk about how he's a top player in the league, a top winger in the league. That's what happens to top talent in the NHL. And if you can't play through that, oh, yeah. then you're not top talent in the NHL. And I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm just saying he's going to have to learn to deal with this shit. Just like well, we talked I the other years about the playoffs, right? They're going to be on you. They are playing your hips. They're going to be physical. If you can't deal with that, you're not going to make it in the league. You're no. not. I, I totally agree, but I do think it's also like on his line mates to fucking back this guy up too every now and then because there's there's oh, so sure. many times where I'm just like I see Zuccarello and, and, and Hartman or whoever just like kind of waiting on the outside and they don't they don't even get in there to muck it up either because like oh he'll get it he'll get it and he'll send it back to us well no that's not happening as much as it, it used to in the past you know no and it's it's a little column A it's a little column yeah. B like I like it it's both but yeah. I'm just saying like fans can't have it both ways either be like. Well, he, he's getting double teamed. That, that's what you do to good players. That, yeah. That's what the league is founded on. And you still see Pasternak ripping hat tricks like it's nobody's. He's so good, business. man. Ugh. He's so good. But uh, so forwards, we got some ideas there, but I think we've highlighted that it's not yeah. like the easiest thing for Dean to go in and make adjustments, just the way that the team is kind of constructed and whether he's put himself in that hole or not remains to be seen, I guess, but you gotta do something. You gotta, do gotta something. change something like the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. Uh, but defense, you said it, right? It's Brock Faber and everyone else. We don't have crazy high expectations for this group, but they have still kind of fallen short of what we were hoping. Brodine is disappointing me, man. Like, ugh. Did, did you really need Matt Dumba that bad? You know, like that, that's, that's, that's something I was thinking of the other day. I was like, we always talked about like, bro, Dean is always the anchor to that line. This and this and that. Well, 
his partner's gone and he has he's non-existent i know sometimes you're like if you don't notice the defenseman it's a good thing in this case it's, it's a bad thing dude it's not a good thing yeah but again it's early and he came into the year expecting to play with brock faber which he did to start he's now playing with addison which i think is actually a really good combo with brodeen's on top of his game it's polar opposites though as far as what his responsibilities are like before yeah. it's like oh Maybe it's going to open things up for me to play a little bit of offense. Now it's like, I need to play defense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which he's, um, he's good at. He's so good at. So yeah. yeah, it's that one just disappointing me. I think he'll, he'll be okay. I don't think this is like the start of the decline for Brodeen by any means. Um, but he's one of my, he's one of my favorite players on the team too. So maybe it's a, like a little bias. I'm just like, damn it, dude, like <laughs> please yeah. play better just from a fan point of view as well. So, so that one's just disappointing. Um, not not like super daunting, super concerning, but I'm just a little disappointed. Well, and again, though, we haven't even played 10 games yet. I know, I know. Like everyone, anyone that you are super excited or super bummed out about, like erase all of it. Like this is so early. No one should be looking at or talking about the standings until Thanksgiving. Yep. And Wait, American I'm not, Thanksgiving. I'm not American talking Thanksgiving. about like whether we're contenders or not, or whether like we need to blow shit up or not until they've played 10 games. Like that conversation shouldn't be happening until early November. I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, obviously we, we don't even know what Spurgeon's going to look like when he comes back, but I'm almost of the mind because the third line or the third pairing has been abysmal, no matter how they've sliced it, whether it's, it's an Adam AHL Merrill, pairing, whether it's Merrill and, uh, Mermis, whether it's Goligoski playing with Middleton, like it's all been bad. Why not stick with what we have here? And whether that's Addison with Middleton and Faber with Brodeen, or you flip the two and you go Addison with Brodeen and Middleton with Faber, stick Spurgeon with whoever it is that happens to be the just go, yeah. guy. three pairs deep. You can at least have three yeah. pairs. It's more purposed minutes. I don't know. Because I get the idea of like, okay, Addison's going to play the power play, like get him less minutes play on the third pairing, but like putting him with whoever the de facto number six is, it's bad for everyone. Yeah. Like everyone's already kind of up in arms like, oh, Addison's bad. Like, oh, like does everyone forget what happened last year when we benched him and threw Klingberg in instead, who was even worse? They forget. They all forget. Everyone has such short memories. I... First off, like I have nothing bad to say about Kalen Addison because he's an absolute stud. But if I were to criticize him, I'm not going <laughs> to criticize him. But if I were, I might even say that when I was at that game on Thursday versus L.A., you can kind of see him gripping the stick a little bit tighter. Like he's overthinking thinking a bit like simple things like he's out on the ice and he gets like on his offside. The second Brodeen jumps on, he's like waving to him. He's like, get over here, get over here. Let's switch, let's switch. Oh, like, okay. dude, calm down. It's yeah, going to yeah. be okay. The power play zone entry stuff, like he is very cookie cutter. Do exactly what coach said because I don't want to get sent back up to the press box. Like there are times that he can just skate it into the zone and establish possession. Instead, he's dropping it back for mm. Kaprizov to skate in. Like little shit like that where he just doesn't seem sure of himself and confident. And I think where I understand why people are like, oh, he needed to like learn a lesson and he needed to sit and watch. Like 
that's set him back both in confidence, which we're seeing on display now. It's early, so hopefully it's just little jitters, but like he needs to play his game. He needs to play confidently. He needs to have the freedom to do what he needs to do without overthinking it. Now, it's partially on him, partially on the team for putting him in that box, but it's also everyone's like, oh, he hasn't improved his defense. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you bench him for 30 games because he can't play defense. And it's yes. exactly and you're like, oh, he's not making up for it with offense. Well, it's because you're keeping him on shackles, you know, like. Right. And the power play hasn't been all that exciting across the board. I think that's going to open up a little bit more, especially well, I mean, when you get four on four power plays too. Oh, there. <laughs> but I just to so come in and be like, oh, he hasn't gotten better. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance to play. You don't get better at playing defense in practice. You get better by going out and playing yeah. in a game. And when you put him out there with a Merrill, who I'm sorry, like from everything I hear, super good dude. Good human. Good moments with the team. He has been bad for the better part of a little over a year. And when you stick a kid who's already unsure of himself defensively because the entire internet and the coaching staff and the front office has said that he sucks at defense. Now you stick him with a guy that's going to make him be the focal point of figuring out how to play defense. You're making him panic. He can't develop and play defensively. And you're taking away the one piece of his game that benefits the team, the offense. So I, people that want to criticize him, like, don't be wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's been perfect, but it's not nearly as bad as people are making it out to be like behind favor. He is number two on all analytics. Mm -hmm. Like he has been the least bad of the rest. So if you want to say that he hasn't like been good enough, I'll yield that. But to say that he's the problem or that he's the, the worst defenseman, like take a look in the mirror. Like he's playing better than Brodeen and that's saying something. And that's saying a little bit more about Brodeen, if we're being fair, but no, but you you look at historically too, with offensive defensemen in the league and like, is Kalen Addison ever going to be like an Eric Carlson? No, but you look at Eric Carlson's early days too. And once they let him do his thing, Latang is the better example. Latang, um, shit, Sammy Sallow back in the day too. Like when, and you know, I know he, he had that shot from the blue line on the power play, but that's an example when they let him do his thing. And trusted him to not be amazing uh, defensively, but at least, you know, dot, you know, dot your eyes. What's the other ones? Uh, oh, fuck, I don't even know that saying. <laughs> but anyways, check your all the boxes. are on point tonight. Yeah, this is great. Rough. It's been rough. <laughs> um, it's when, when he can check the boxes defensively, you know, at least do the right things, maybe not impress but at least give him the the ability and freedom to play his game, especially like when like what you pointed out there on the power play, which is he's the specialist. And it's and, it's not to say to abandon defense. It's no, more no. put him in a position where his defensive abilities can be learned gradually this year, rather than being thrown into the fire, and that's all he can contribute. Well, and then you said it earlier in the show about Kessel, like give him parameters to play under rather than you have to do X, Y, and Z, or you will be benched. You know what I mean? Like we want to play you. We want to see you play this type of game and do these things, you know, keep it a little bit more open. I think for him. When the team's healthy, who is the sixth defenseman? (laughs) 
Uh, I think they're going to go with Golgoski over Merrill. Now, if Spurgeon comes back, but Golgoski's still on LTIR, do you think they give Mermis a chance there? I think they do. He hasn't looked terrible. For a call-up, he's been fine. Dude, when he fought that psycho in Montreal, I lost my shit. What a beauty. He went up against a heavyweight there who's like already got the fucking crazy eyes. Like, oh my goodness. A little bit. A little bit. Dude, I read up on the guy a bit and like he he straight up was quote saying, like, I'm just trying to fight everyone to stay in the National Hockey League. And I'm like, this guy's so old school. I love it. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. this is a team with a bunch of young studs. They're, they're not going to give me a contract if I don't just run amok. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> now, here's the fun one, because this week we've got the Edmonton Oilers in Minnesota on Tuesday. There is no Connor McDavid, but even more concerning, Brodeen has not looked good, as we just talked about. There is no Spurgeon. We have had their number the last several years because of Brodeen shutting down McDavid. So McDavid's not even there. Question is, can current state Brodeen and Brock Faber shut down Leon Dreisaitl? Because I think they that can. is what it will take. That I think they cool. can. I know, and I think they, I think they can, and I think they will. Oh, and I hope yeah, Maroon yeah, yeah. and fucking Kane throw down, dude. Oh, that's that's appointment viewing right there. I could, yeah, maybe. Or Duham, Duham might drop it with drop them with Kane too. Kane would beat the wheels off him. <laughs> yeah, he would. Kane's <laughs> yeah. a good fighter. Don't, Kane's don't a good fighter. It. Like he would beat the wheels off him. No, I, Kane, Kane's I, a good fighter. I hope it's Maroon or Felino. I don't want to see the other ones. Dude, Kane, oh, Kane's a... Hartman, Hartman fighting would be funny just for the aesthetic of the <laughs> whole middle finger debate. Just for the memes. No, Kane like trains boxing in the offseason. I think his cousin and his uncle are pro boxers. So like, yeah, he knows how to throw. He knows how to throw down. That's God, I honestly, I, I was so hoping hockey, I, I was so hoping he'd fight one of the Paul brothers so he could actually like make his money back. All the money he lost in one you single pay per view. Brothers, but you want to see Evander Kane fight them and make even more of a circus than they've already made of UFC. Got it? Oh, I wouldn't be in the UFC. It would be Jake Paul's his own promotion. <laughs> oh, no! Of course, you know that. That is the only like I hate this whole fucking YouTuber boxing shit. I think it's like it's just it's a disgrace to combat sports. However, you throw a hockey player into it, and you can totally uh get me to change my tune <laughs> there is always a way to isha's heart and always. it's usually not that hard it's usually just really obscure and abstract yeah hockey fighters fighting youtubers let's go i kind of want to see one where it's like some obnoxious fan yelling from the stands or like right behind the penalty box and like literally there, like the players just like sign this waiver we can <sighs> fight at intermission god that would be the best fucking intermission show ever there, you know, there are fans that think that they could go some of these guys. Oh, I know, and it would be incredible. God. Now, obviously, like, if Dude, we that's what like ECHL, that's what the ECHL like, teams the NHL, have to do to sell never tickets. Never endorse that, but a waiver is a waiver. Like, Dude, ECHL, they just have to start doing that to sell more tickets, honestly, and they would. I mean, ECHL, no one's making the show from the ECHL, right? Like, it's it's a spectacle. It's it's for... Yeah, Paul Bissonnette definitely didn't play in the NHL. Okay, this is one of how, how many other ECHLers right off the top of your head you know who made the, made the well, national? here's the problem, though. They don't get talked about. He gets talked about because he was very loud on social media. 
had he not had a social media presence, I wouldn't have known who Paul Bessonette was. Okay, yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, so, so that's what I'm saying. You're not going to ruin anyone's like my point is name or career because of there that. will like there are other ECHL guys that do make it. Goalies, maybe. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But anyways. Uh, I'm 100% down on that idea. Um, shoot, I got like a, an informal invitation to maybe be on a YouTuber boxing card. I got like, someone called me out on MMA uh, YouTube. One of the biggest MMA YouTubers is maybe going to throw an MMA YouTuber boxing card together. And another Canadian uh, YouTuber is, has called out the City Life Project. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I'm... I might be in the UK next summer fighting, uh, fighting, uh, Rigo. Well, no, now I know it won't happen because you won't go to the UK. That's way too expensive. Um, if it's on the MMA gurus dime, dude, I will fly to the UK. Oh, so, oh, so they're going to pay it. Okay. Then dude, I'm going to have to sign a waiver for that too. I might get my ass kicked by Rigo. I do not like watching wrestling. It's very boring, but if you wrestled this other YouTube guy, box, box, I box. would absolutely tune in. I would have a fucking watch party in my basement. You I should. I'd, I'd expect watch. you actually to do a stream for Me and the, the Twitter folk would just all rally together and watch. And oh my goodness, the amount of money being exchanged on Better Edge. <laughs> so everyone's going to bet against me. The victor would be. Oh my goodness. I, oh, this is good. Again, Rigo's like, he's he's got, he's got like five or 6,000 subs on me. And there's another guy that he's been beefing with on MMA YouTube. So I think that they might actually fight, but my name was brought up and I'm like, Oh my God, that is absolutely insane. So, so that's what we're doing here. This is propaganda just to have your name be like circulating. When you know that you're never going to be one of the fighters, you just want to be in the discussion so that you get views. What did you say earlier? A little bit of column a, a little bit of column B. Yeah, there we go. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> it could be fun. It could be fun. And maybe by next summer, I surpass some of these guys in my city life subs. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be a big ticket. But, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> oh, um, what else? What else do we got here, man? That's what we had. That's what we had. That's it. Let's hope this week they can get it together at least a, l a little bit. Eh? I mean. I mean, maybe this is bad though, McDavid being out because like Line A gets hurt and coming off of a back to back where they lost, they dummy the wild. Maybe we need like the best. I mean, it was an overtime loss. Dummy is a little bit of a, a stretch, but they made us look like shit. And if Gustafson hadn't played the way he played, they would have pounded us. All right. I was trying to be positive, but you're right. It was it was it was fucking horrendous. <laughs> I tell it how it is. And it was disgusting. And I only watched the third period and I heard what happened in the other periods because anyone in Minnesota that chose to watch that hockey game over gophers in North Dakota, your priorities are super messed up. What do you have to say about me? I was watching you Golden Boy Boxing. Wrestling. I don't know. I, I was watching boxing. It's called boxing. <laughs> That's not wrestling. It's not even MMA. It's boxing. You're not even allowed to fucking uh, tackle each other down. Although I will say, Americans clinch way too much in boxing, man. Learn from the Mexicans. Don't clinch. Don't clinch. Um. Anyways, I think we'll beat the Oilers, man. Someone That's my prediction. That, uh, someone gave the Wild that advice. <laughs> Uh, I think a McDavidless Oilers is just a, a more of a dominant win for the Wild. 
because uh, like you said, we've had their number. Well, I the gotta see what I gotta see what the odds are on Better Edge for that one. Because if yeah. McDavid being out drops it that hard, especially with their start, I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably hammering the Oilers. Oilers. <laughs> not no, I'm not gonna hammer, but I'll I'll play around with it. Yeah, then that's a smart bet. Um, all right. So I predict the I, I predict a win over the Oilers, and I also predict Kane's gonna fight someone on the team, whether it's Hartman, Duham, or Maroon. Kane's gonna Kane's gonna bring another scrap. Uh. Ooh, I kind of want to take this bet. Yeah. Well, you didn't say Felino, so. No, I, I, I don't think Felino. For some reason, I don't have a feeling he's going to be the one. Well, I think it's Maroon or Felino. There's Hartman is not allowed to fight ever again after right, punching right, the right. eyes, and Duhame would absolutely be willing to. I really hope that he's not dumb enough to. If their lines are matched, because I don't like has Kane. Has, I don't know where Kane's going to be. It uh, deployed with McDavid out. He might be on that. Yeah, I, I don't know where. I don't know. Jumbled up. Yeah, I don't know where he's gonna be. But but if he's you know down the lineup a bit and Duhame's line is going head to head with his, I mean, I no, I don't think Kane's gonna fight anybody. I think it's gonna be a Nurse that's gonna fight somebody. I, does he fight a lot? I, for some reason, I never. No, that's why he's gonna do it though, because it'll okay. be just off the radar. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Nurse fight. He's lanky though. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got a. Tricital would definitely win a fight if it was against one of those plebs that covers the Oilers. Oh my god! It's What's so regular that they ask him a question. That he sits there and stares at him. He's like, "Did you really just ask me that?" And then he shakes said, "No." Like I'm. <laughs> like they asked. They asked him the most recent one that was circulating today, being Sunday, as you listen to this on Monday, more than likely. They, they're like, so uh, what'd you say to, God damn it. What'd you say to Skinner when he made that mistake? <laughs> and he just looks up at him like, what? What do you want me to say to him? I love that. He said, yeah, what, like, what do you, what, what do you what want me to, want say, me to, him? to say to him? Well, I don't know. Like he, it, it was a costly error. He's like, yeah, he made a mistake. What am I supposed to do? Like go and yell at him for it. Like we all make mistakes. I love and, it. So no, I didn't say anything. Him and him and Jim Matheson, though, just oh, Jim Matheson, he's so bad, dude. Jim Matheson is an absolute loser. Yeah, like I, I'm sure he writes good articles, or you know, but I'm not way, even sure of that. The way, he, yeah, his questions are are not. No, good. he's just an a pompous, arrogant prick. Yeah. Like. He is going out of his way to get a rise out of the players that he covers. Like, can you imagine if like after a loss, Russo goes up to Dean, he's like, yeah, so Dean, uh, I saw that uh, Eck got ejected from the game and you didn't do anything about it. Like, why were you such a little bitch? <laughs> Dean Evison would get up and fucking jack him in the mouth and he would never like Russo would never be part of the interview scrum again. <laughs> this Jim Matheson dipshit does it regularly. Oh yeah, I know. On repeat, and there's just like no repercussions. It's like, it's like he's the like. There's nothing technically wrong with him, but you know there's something off, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's just Jim. We just kind of let Jim do his thing." Isn't that so hockey? Oh, it's just it's like he's been doing this for years. That's not a hockey thing. That's just more like in life. Like there's always that person where it's like, why doesn't someone say something or do something about this? Like, oh, that that's just Karen. Like we. It's just the crazy uncle. We just we just let her do her thing, and we just try and avoid her. Like that is exactly who Jim Matheson is. He is just 
I really want to see if there's a single Edmonton fan that likes him. That's not like a scorched earth. Like I hate this team fan that everyone hear those questions. (laughs) Everyone I know can't stand him. It's kind of like the Mark Madden out in Pittsburgh, (laughs) except at least sometimes he does smart things. Like I've never seen Matheson say something. And I'm like, you know what, Jim, that was actually a really bright thing to say. Thank you for weighing in. Could you imagine if Torts was coach? Torts would have just like Torts would have beat him up. I wonder if Matheson would be no, that was a stupid. Tor- no. Torts would kick his ass, dude. Oh no, I, no doubt. Because who's that uh who's that one uh New York writer who's still there? And he's not a bad writer, and he he just like and he, I don't one think he's a New York writer who's still there. No, who who had the the like the viral clip going going at it with Torts and they would go at it all the time. Oh, what was his uh, something Brooks? You want me to say that, don't you, there, Brooksy? Oh, what was his name? Something Brooks. But anyways, Herb. No. <laughs> um, I forget his name off the top of my head. And like, look, he he's way more respected than that of a, a Jim Madison uh, among the fans too. But like him and Torch just had that like back and forth, and it was more like it, they weren't like being rude to each other. It was more just like. I don't, anyways, they, they, they had something, they had, a, they had a weird relationship going back and forth there, but you could tell that there was like, there was a mutual respect. I, I swear if Madsen uttered the shit that, that he says to the players and some of the questions that he asked the coaches, like torts would probably just like not even just ignore him. He'd say something and then probably just like not even look at him and be like, I'm not answering your questions next. Like <laughs> I'd be more entertained if it was Sutter answering his questions. Yeah, that'd be fun. Sorry, what's another coach? What's another coach? You know, there's another coach Orella I miss. and others. <laughs> uh, Guy Boucher was good with the media, too. He was fun. His wires would cross sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's not many coaches who don't have wires cross. No, but like in on like on, in the post press in the post game presses and things like that. Guy, Guy would go on hinge sometimes and it was fun. Wasn't he just in the league like three or four years ago coaching? Ottawa, I want to say. I thought it was longer than that, but yes. It probably was. I'm pretty that. sure it was his last yeah. stint. Hmm. Now I'm second-guessing myself, though. Crawford is also with Ottawa recently, and he's a fucking psycho, too. But anyways, we could go down this rabbit hole for another. Yeah, what are what are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing here? It's time to go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you guys are also you're like looking at your clock or your phone, or so you're watching phone going like, are these guys still podcasting? Yes. Uh, let's wrap this up here, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. If you listen on Apple, uh, no one's using iTunes these days. If you're using Apple podcast, please. Give us five stars and a kind review. Uh, it really helps us out. Go check us out on YouTube if you haven't already at The Sota Pod. We post clips daily from the podcast recordings, regular live streams every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central. We have the Jud- live Judd's Buds recording. Uh, I'm going to be doing more post-game shows moving forward as well. So go check us out on YouTube at The Sota Pod. And Subscribe, uh, comment, like. Further on the YouTube stuff, Isha has been dropping a daily video from uh, a shoot we did at Dabbler Depot, which those guys are beauties. If you haven't been out there, it's a couple miles further than uh, Tom Reed's on West 7th. It's literally like a, it's like a, a play place for adults. And we went through eight different beers from Drecker Fest. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Drecker. If not, like, 
I can't wait for your life to be changed. If not, check out the full tour of Drecker that's in the description uh, of this true. podcast. But these videos, you're basically flipping a coin whether you're going to get like incredible review and us being like, oh my God, I didn't expect it to be so good versus like Jordan just having a disgusted scowl of like, what on earth did I just drink? Um, but it's it's got hockey talk. It's also beer at Check it out. Let us know if it sucks shout, or not. Shout out to our to our homie too, who's been commenting on every single one, being like, "I can't get enough of the beer and hockey talk." You're an absolute beauty. Thank you so much. I wish I remembered your username right off the top of my head. I wish I remembered your username right off the top of my head. YouTube <laughs> but... commenter and others. Oh man, no, but yes, go check out that series. It's always a lot of fun uh, recording and doing content with Jordan and uh, the Beer Dabbler crew, and uh, we're hoping to do uh, some more this year as well with that hoppy signing off i'm isha Drumi, alongside the state of hoppy this has been the soda pod presented by our friends at better edge seventh avenue pizza northland vodka and waggle golf you good man fuck the sue who the sue don't fear just drink some beer and stay wild